0: Welcome to Gone to Texas, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is Alex, and I have not read any of Ennis and Dylan's Preacher.
1: And my name is Nick, and I have read all of Ennis and Dylan's Preacher.
0: Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 7 of the AMC series titled Messiahs. While we will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension any future plot lines of the show, we will be discussing the details of the series through Season 4, Episode 7. So pause this and go catch up before you listen to the rest of the episode. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to mpn.bz/patreon and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K and Gojo who have pledged at the level of ten plus dollars per month. We also have other shows on the Midwest Podcast Network, including Midwest Game Rids, where we talk about video games, a horror movie yearbook where Willie and Tim talk about horror movies, and uh, we have our alienist tv series podcast called the alienist recap uh against they, all odds they are supposedly coming back with season two no f- hard release date right
1: they're filming it right now yes I think.
0: yeah so they're, they're filming the angel of angel of darkness angel of darkness i was going to call it the angel of death i don't know why that would work as well yeah uh but yes there will be a second season of that coming that we are hoping to cover and there's a third season of Westworld that's coming, and we have Westworld FM, and Gosh. we're also hoping to cover that as we well. We
1: are just gonna be just balling out of control with all <laughs> these podcasts.
0: Yeah, you know <laughs> they they just they pay it. it's so yeah, it's ludicrous, <laughs> but uh, you know. There's, I mean, this one was maybe coming to an end and we're kind of like, oh, maybe we should read some books. And, uh, keep I know. This going. We just <laughs> can't stop.
1: Once that podcast bug bites you <laughs> and one person sends feedback, you're like, we've
0: made it. Yeah. We're like, there's people out there. They need to hear my thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, please go check those out. There's links on MidwestPodcastNetwork.com if you want to check all those shows out. Uh, but you as, as for this podcast, you can find more episodes of it at g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G number two, letter T, podcast.com We're also G2T Podcast on Twitter. And you can send feedback to g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on AMC's preachers so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding preacher or our podcast, much like our friend did. His name is Tristan. Yes. You might know him because. He was Cassidy's father in the season of Preacher, as we previously discussed. Uh, so we had tweeted him wondering if he could fill a little more context in about uh, where they shot the fake Ireland. Uh, yeah, I
1: just as like a a one off joke slash question during that episode. Yeah, I uh, excuse me. I uh, just kind of said I was really curious where in Australia they dressed up to look like Ireland because it was all I could think while watching that scene, I was like, man, where in Australia is this? Yeah. So, so I texted you jokingly
0: saying maybe he, could maybe he could answer my, and my question. Certainly did. So here, let's get right into it. He said, Hey guys, hoping this email address is right. Clearly it was cause it made it to us. He said, we filmed my three scenes at technically three locations, but the exterior miners cottage and Sad mansion. were both at Mentaro mansion, which is like a, an Australian, uh, Oh, cool. Uh, it's a, so he linked it was like to, on those grounds yes that's awesome yeah so so he uh he linked us to this this article from the au. life goes on for mansion of dreams and heartbreak uh but basically it's a 19th century italianate mansion standing in dereliction out Romsey way and uh it, it, you can google google it on on google and you'll find the location of it it's right outside of like victoria what's it called again it's called the mintaro Mintaro Mansion. Huh. um So that's very cool and awesome. But he, so he said here, it's a storied Italian heritage listed fixer upper way out in the sticks. Uh, and apparently he was, which I didn't realize, he was also part of the the sex party at the Desad Mansion. Oh, was he somewhere. really? Yeah. Oh, so that's awesome. He's got three scenes. Two of them have already aired. One of which was Cassidy's father, and okay. the second of which was the decide sex party okay so there's a third mystery one but that's awesome i'm gonna keep going um the sex party crowd had to robe up around my cassidy family kids and we shot overlapping shoots with both scenes oh i'm sorry so he wasn't in the in the i he said he filmed. we filmed my three scenes at so maybe there's two other scenes well i mean a, sure. a scene is not necessarily like
1: like he had a a scene in the house before Cassidy left and there was a scene of the family while he was watching them, right? Yeah. So those are two different scenes. Yeah, that's true.
0: So either way, maybe he'll clarify, but more more on that in a second. That would be smart though for them to use the
1: same talent if they're there. Yeah. As just a masked party goer. Yeah.
0: Um... We shot over- overlapping scenes with both scenes. And he said, as I waited at base unit drinking craft services, coffee, and reading, amusing ourselves to death, which I don't know what that is. Let's Google it real quick. Okay. Quick side note. Should have done this research before. Uh, it's a book by Neil Postman. Public discourse in the age of show business. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Uh, he said, I spied a magnificent Dalmatian gentleman stepping across the scrubby driveway of, Ersatz, of the Ersatz Desaad mansion, or more accurately, a gentleman in a Dalmatian gimp suit. Oh, my God. His dog had held alike to a knight's helm after a successful joust or battle. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> And seeing dog slash God slash Mark Harlick as a fan of the show was akin to opening your wardrobe to grab a light jacket only to glimpse Aslan. It was dope. <laughs> it's so good. Beautifully <laughs> I written. can picture it. Oh, absolutely. So vividly. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, it, that's incredible. Uh, he went on to say the Cassidy <laughs> fam cottage interior was at the Werribee Mansion Colonial Cottage and we were all hot as balls. Nothing like two layers of tweed on a 35 degree day with a quote, real charcoal gas fire grill or gas fire uh, to constantly poke at for two hours to make you question your love of a favorite show and think bejesus Joe is a funny fucker par excellence and a trooper. We were inspired. I again is a huge fan of the show and comic slash graphic novel. Choose your poison already. It was a redu- it was ridiculously surreal to be as close to front and center as an amateur actor like myself could ever hope for. Uh and he said once the app airs I can update my third scene and apologies for not sending my email sooner making it and making it quote unquote more simpler keep up the great and entertaining work. I giggle a lot listening on my way to work.
1: That is awesome. Wait, by work, do you mean to the set of preacher? <laughs> if so, <laughs> Did you tell Mark Harlick about our podcast (laughs) is what we want to know. Just kidding. But, that is uh, extraordinary yeah
0: no uh so he, yeah he wrote us and i emailed back i told him it was an awesome email and i asked him once his third scene aired if he'd be interested in talking to us and he said absolutely oh so that is just i'm gonna try and work out some timing since he is uh down under it might be a little bit difficult but we'll uh, see dude, what we i'm can down do. for whenever all right it makes sense we'll, if we'll it's, figure if something it's
1: midnight out here or whatever that's He's like probably what, like 12, 13 hours? Yeah, he or s- well, he
0: said something like 8 to 12 hours behind. Oh, so, behind. But, mm, oh, we're behind, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we should be behind him. So, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's... We'll figure it out. That's amazing. We'll do what we gotta do. But uh, he also said... Um, I think he then listened to the episode because he was behind for a while, but he said... Right, yeah,
1: he was playing catch-up.
0: Uh he said, "LUTs, yeah, LUTs for days, son. In terms of um, like cinematic grading, the the color grading what, to make Lutz? it look different, yeah, LUTs. Oh yeah. And he said, plus smoke machines. But honestly, Victoria has places that look European and North American and UK esque. Hence, all the films made here. Plus, the Aussie dollar ain't shit. We cheap, but big talent pool. Pool. So, yeah, they're right around Victoria in Australia, which is like center mass." I'm mm-hmm. like close to the south coast uh, okay. and, and the Mintaro mansions a little bit north of that from what I was looking at on Google Maps. But wow. Super what awesome is, uh, that he's listening. What
1: does 35 degrees Celsius translate into? In oh Fahrenheit? yeah.
0: I meant to look that up. So I know n- like 90 degrees Fahrenheit's like 30 degrees, but 35. Oh wow. Is it, is it that disparate? Celsius to it's Fahrenheit. got to be up over 100. 35 is 95. So it's, wow. yeah, it's a little, yeah well it was like that for
1: a week and a half straight here a few weeks ago
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it was unbelievably hot here for a while it but was yeah i'm sure that australia hot is a different kind of hot than michigan hot 100 percent. although if it's a dry heat True. i don't know
0: up in the if it might be closer to the outback a little more desert dry heat kind of thing you know might be a little more but in the tweed jacket <laughs> that's true
1: yeah wardrobe and then you're stuck inside of like a a cottage or something yeah i was filming once
0: at a greenfield village which
1: if you're from michigan you know all about greenfield village uh and i we were able to charge batteries inside this one little cottage that had like an outlet yeah and it was like a they had like a refrigerator in there too but it was like a it was a building that was used by like staff to like store things or whatever and so i I made a few trips in and out of there throughout the day and it was so hot in that building because (laughs) it just like there's no modern ventilation mm. at all, and it's just the you know the old school building with like thick windows and yep. just like oh it was terrible. Yeah, I'm sure that that cottage was on that level.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, so that's awesome, Tristan. Thank you for writing in. Fantastic little tidbits for thank for you us for to listening. Share. Thank you for listening. That absolutely extraordinary. Um, I thought,
1: I mean, at the time, so we got some amazing feedback on our alienist show. Uh, Where we actually had we had a running gag on that show and somebody (laughs) tweeted us some fan art I guess I'll call it. Yes Uh, in our in our based on a joke that we had going and I thought that was like the pinnacle of podcast feedback
0: at the time and Tristan has just one up that. and then yeah absolutely because this
1: is really cool
0: yeah in our in our seven-ish years of podcasting or whatever it is at this point you know it's we've had one person photoshop a fig newton's box for us for the alienist which was great and then we've also had tristan right in so these are those are the couple that and and talking to Stephen Tobolowski, i think are the three the three hallmarks of the midwest podcast network but uh yeah i gotta now we gotta get
1: who's gonna help us in westworld Who's going to get us the Aaron Paul interview? Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking when you were talking about the other shows that you and I have together um, that they're all really different because I feel like in Westworld, it's like it can do no wrong. Like we love it. Every yeah. episode is just gushing. Yep. With like lots of analysis. It's very interesting. There's no dodgy discourse <laughs> like some douchebags might attribute. <laughs> this show's like in the middle. I feel like we like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But then we air our complaints, but we still enjoy it. And then I feel like Alienist is just kind of the weird one that we, <laughs> we <laughs> laugh at a lot and we kind of make fun of and we are sometimes very dissatisfied with it, which I ended up – I remember like probably after our second or third episode of that show, I was like, dude, should, uh, should we keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. it ended up making it more fun because as the season went on and the more we just leaned into how occasionally absurd – How funny we thought
0: some of it was. Yes. Yeah.
1: And it was still good. Like, I loved the experience, but it's just funny how we have these three
0: different shows in terms of how we receive them. Yeah.
1: And it makes for very different listening experiences i think
0: westworld is also one where you and i are on like equal footing and it's that's kind true of like a, i'm not like pulling from you and your knowledge to try and like fill out the show yeah it's just we're both of us like in the dark holding hands trying really hard not with to a, look a at single
1: reddit. cell phone flashlight yeah yeah trying hard not to look at reddit and yeah. we've had your brother on that show a few yep. times and uh he was on Was he on Ghana, Texas? He was. Yeah, he filled in for you a little bit while you were in Japan. Yeah, I think so, back in season one. Season one or two, yeah. Yeah. And and Lance has jumped in. But anyway,
0: those three shows are all really different. The Alienist is just us. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in terms of the most amount of downloads per episode, The Alienist is the most popular. That is so ridiculous. It's also (laughs) the the most... It's the least crowded. It's the least crowded field. Is the thing, is yeah. That like the, everybody's out there talking about Westworld. Oh, you for got sure. some preacher fans that started springing up mostly around season one and two. Mm-hmm. But there's literally two alienist podcasts no out about there. It. Yeah, it's us <laughs> and like After Buzz or something like that, and and that's it. So we get we get a lot. We got a lot of downloads on it. Uh, it doesn't like. It's not like ticking up every day. But it was. It you know that's the closest we've gotten to like a thousand per episode i think really uh on average so and
1: it's a good it is a good sh- it's an interesting show it's a really interesting watch and i think our show is probably fun to listen to because you're coming from that perspective of not knowing and i'm coming from the angry perspective of someone who read the book and <laughs> cherishes it yeah and i'm i my hopes are really high for season two though and yeah I'll just leave it at that yeah
0: all right cool
1: we'll start eight more podcasts next year yes
0: then- yeah we'll just continue i don't know it hasn't been really exponential Tw- 20 20 uh 2016 was the big year i think we can do the dark tower
1: show and oh, uh boy. we can <laughs> we can re-watch the movie and <laughs> i'm in
0: just because i want oh, I to make you rewatch you wanted, that movie you wanted, yeah that, that does it huh no not really but it, i don't want to torture you
1: i didn't hate it i just didn't like it that much <laughs> there were things about it i liked yeah i'm honestly disappointed that we don't get more uh, idris elba but whatever that's a story for another day
0: yeah, maybe there will be an HBO Dark Tower series for us to one day bite into. Well, who's yeah. doing
1: it? Amazon's doing it, right?
0: Maybe I think it's Amazon. I don't know. Oh, it's happening! Like, is it's, it? They're shooting it. I. They're think. They're still all right. Yeah, because Braun from Game of Thrones is in it. That's right. I, mean, I don't know who he's playing, but That's right. I don't care. Well, if it's an Amazon show, it might be kind of hard Amazon. to tackle. But anyway, we should move on. With yeah, preacher. let's
1: record our actual preacher show.
0: Yeah. Thanks again, Tristan. That is yes. so cool. Yeah, and we'll we'll certainly be in touch about uh, about talking to you over uh, over uh, some Skype or I something. I can
1: just picture it so clearly. Yeah. It's like I'm there.
0: Like the, the the fact that he wrote about seeing bearing witness to Mark Harlick in the flesh. In full in, costume. In in, in the, the the man dog suit. We're carrying is the, head, just, the head under his arm. <laughs> yes. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. All right. Um Let's get on with our recap. We'll start with the teaser here for episode 7 Messiahs. Uh, The Saint of Killers watches from a distance as Tulip and Cassidy dig a grave for Jesse at dusk. The Saint walks away, and Tulip and Cass head out on their plane. We cut to an idyllic lake where Jesse is teaching a young girl how to cast a fishing line. A familiar angelic face walks up in the form of Fior, and he lets Jesse know that he's dead. Fior walks Jesse through what Jesse assumes is heaven to get to a lonely golden door behind which God's throne sits. Fior reveals that without God, there's no one left to run heaven. Jesus is doing his best, but they want Jesse to take his place. <clears throat> uh, I was kind of shocked that it was that, that they were burying Jesse. Yes. I was not expecting that. Me too. And And it certainly fills in a little context of, we were talking about how the, the opening scene of uh, of the season, there's certainly that that Tulip and Cassidy wouldn't be as sweet and intimate with each other if they knew Jesse was still alive. Yeah, and that seems to be their definitive proof is the fact that they buried his body in the outback. You know, well so, in
1: the in the book they're like they're like oh, there's no way he survived.
0: They just kind of.
1: They keep flying, yeah, and they make their escape. And they're like, "He has to be dead." Like they're like for sure, because who would survive that? Yeah, and so you don't get that burial moment. I was surprised to see that too. And honestly, I was like, I didn't need that.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially with the saint just kind of standing there, and then he's like, "All right." It's actually really disappointing against what happens in the book with
1: like his his body, but we'll we'll see what happens because we'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. I was very happy to see Fior back. Yeah, I enjoyed Fiore a that lot. That was uh, that was entertaining, and and, and just kind of it, it it was this weird way to slot him back into the story in an interesting way because the whole time, as we all know, because we've seen the episode, we know that it wasn't actually heaven that Jesse was in, but I the whole time I was kind of like you know he got killed by the saint of killers but does that mean that he goes wouldn't that mean he would still go to hell for like the fact that he left heaven and abandoned his post and did a lot of drugs with cassidy and tried mm. killing himself over and over again and all that type of stuff so i was kind of that put me off guard at first because i was kind of like well fior wouldn't really be there would he but um he kind of says something like the rules are muddy in
1: terms of who who does and who doesn't get into heaven which is obviously just an excuse to to hide that they're yeah. not actually they're in not heaven. there yeah. yeah yeah because i think isn't jesse confused why he's there yeah yeah <laughs> that like, comes a little bit later why but yeah in heaven yeah yeah so it was a very odd an odd sequence but it was cool i really loved just the deadpan am i dead <laughs> <He's> like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah some girl fishing (laughs) it was so (laughs) so funny yeah who's that
0: i was like who who is that is that like some girl fishing yeah but uh i liked the landscapes yes the the redwood forest me too that was awesome the snowy lands and all the stuff the the beach like the really bizarre looking beach yes yeah that was huge those like it could have been like the cliffs of dover for all i know but like yeah that was
1: breathtaking and i was like shit man i want to see more of this kind of stuff like that was really 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 cool honestly that (laughs) speaking of that's the way the dark tower series should look it should have these really surreal like larger than life places that don't seem like they're real but they are or contiguous
0: you know know? like they shouldn't really be that close to each other right yeah for sure but
1: it's like i've always thought about that in uh turnip rock in michigan are you familiar no you should google it turnip rock turnip rock uh it's does it look like a
0: turnip and is it a rock? Kind of. But <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen that before? Uh I well I've, I feel like I've, s- I've probably seen pictures of it but I don't know that I've ever been there. It's in the trailer
1: for Jen. But
0: <laughs> it's one of those uh it's one of those missions. That's where I when, saw it. Yeah, man. duh.
1: when we saw Noah in the theater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> which was man. sweet by
0: the way. It was. Uh yeah, Speaking it's one of, th- of sweet rocks.
1: <laughs> it's one of the yeah, Noah's loaded with sweet rocks. Uh, that that is one of those things that doesn't look real though. Yeah, like, and, and like t- and to think even more so that it's in Michigan. It's kind of like the pic- pictured rocks too. Like it doesn't yeah. look real, but then you're like, oh, that's real, and it's here. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But all those all those uh, I wondered how they shot that. I'm like, were these all just plates that were like existing that they just green screen them into? Yeah. Or did they actually go to all these? Pl- are these places all in Australia? And they just shot around for like a day. Maybe Australia is. Maybe Australia is Narnia. Maybe all there these places are really close, yeah, and Mark Harlock is aslan, <laughs> uh Tristan, let us know getting a very different are you in Narnia life down there yeah, yeah uh but yeah that that was a really, really awesome sequence Absolutely. i I loved the door too, that like yeah. entered God's throne room basically
0: mm-hmm. yeah that was that was cool, and like the like the universe yes and through the ceiling absolutely which is all uh, just really looked amazing. way cooler than than the fucking devil's absolutely. shitty fiery floor <laughs> absolutely lcd panel yeah flooring. that was terrible and hopefully that was by design they're like oh the yeah. devil has bad taste yeah um What did you think of, like, the angels? Like, that appear? I know we've talked about the appearance of angels before, but, like, this idea of this really, like, Roman-type armor angel force. Yeah, that
1: tracks, I think. I noticed that a a few of them had the same haircut as the one that Cassidy is chilling with, which is good, because that's kind of the look they all have in the books. That's cool. They look weirder in the books. Like, they all have, like, eyes that don't have, like irises and pupils they're kind of like just straight white and yeah. they have this like strange like black like eyeliner mm. which is really cool looking and i kind of wish they all looked like that too because it doesn't make them look they don't look cuddly yeah they don't look comforting like if one of them came down you wouldn't be like oh my god an angel awesome like how, yeah how can you help but they're kind of intense looking but they're supposed to be like the warrior ones like they're the archangels so they should look kind of badass yeah so I, I was kind of hoping that they would have some of those elements, but we already saw from the one that Cassidy is, is hanging with earlier that he doesn't have those features. He has the haircut, which is cool. But Yeah. Um, it would be – it's things like that where, I, I, again, I just don't get it. I'm like, why not? Why not just do why it? Not go why go all the way? Make them look scary and weird. Yeah, yeah. I but don't know. But it doesn't really matter.
0: I It, it was interesting to me. I, th- I wondered what the, like um – in terms of like the time period of their garb whether that was like a distinct choice oh. to be of of that like roman design speaking as somebody who has the least amount of historical context possible to like be able to talk about this kind of thing but like what what would cuz even Fior's is wearing like like a uh like a like yeah a Caesar like the crown type yeah. leave type thing going on so it was just kind of interesting to me of like why why was why was heaven in that image it could also be hell's approximation of what heaven looks like that's true
1: I have a feeling they know what each other looks like but yeah. at the same time maybe it's done for Jesse's benefit to kind of be like oh this is what I picture heaven looks like it's yeah pretty in line with my expectation
0: that's true that's entirely possible so the actual offer to jesse the idea that that they want him to take the throne uh oh wait sorry before you do that yeah sorry, i had one note uh when when they
1: were walking and uh fior i think it's the part where they're on the beach actually because i was looking for some joke about two sets of footprints and that kind of thing but yeah uh fior's talking about just heaven versus hell talking about the war mm-hmm. and he says because he's like oh you should have seen it before the the endless war i think is what he called yeah. it and then as he's talking about it, he says they'd win a battle, we'd win a battle, nobody ever really won. Mm-hmm. And I was like, obviously like later we find out this wasn't actually Heaven or Fior, but there's. I think that was an interesting bit of dialogue. Because yeah. I'm like, is this kind of what the show is, one of the main themes the show is going to boil down to, to? Not only just good versus evil, but the eternal struggle yeah. of good versus evil and how it's never ever really going to end. On both like a cosmic level as well as like a personal level. Yeah. And I think it kind of, in my mind, circled back to that internal struggle of your true nature against, you know, what you're dealing with in terms of your own good versus bad impulses.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense.
1: That ties in with with what we were discussing. So it was done so quickly and almost such a throwaway piece of dialogue, but I like honed zeroed right in on it. And (laughs) I was like. But at the same time I also thought this was actually feeling Meanwhile I'm
0: just like, Man, this cliff looks sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking that too.
1: And but yeah, my in the front of my brain, yeah. I was like, Man, I fucking look at that cliff. I wonder why that water's probably so warm. But in the back of my
0: mind, I'm like, there's more going on here. It's good. It's good. Um, uh, but yeah, the the offer to Jesse, and obviously that's gonna be loaded throughout this episode a little bit, but Yeah uh clearly not a not a book concept no um no this never happens this (laughs) is this is completely uncharted territory that's and that's interesting because i i was texting you as i was watching it a little bit and i had i watched the whole teaser and i i texted you i was like this is interesting yeah because i got the indication that maybe it was veering from Mm -hmm. well based on what we said last week yes and also kind of the uh you know, it it just I don't know. I it's something where because I had kind of posited the question of like, what if Jesus is meant to be the the Messiah or something like that, or take take command of heaven uh, as well. And the idea that like <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, this wasn't heaven, but it was a real offer, as we find out later in the episode. Yeah. Somehow,
1: I don't know how that how hell is
0: authorized to make that offer it sounds like it's part of god's plan you know like god god put jesse in hell to kind of i don't know i'm next kind of steering us way into the weeds right now for something that will probably be answered in like 10 minutes in the next episode but (laughs) welcome to gone to texas a podcast about amc's preacher um but no i mean i don't know are we are we doing an episode of gone to texas Is
1: this this an episode of gone to texas
0: we can we can come back to it more later as we get a little bit more context on it so uh let's move on to act one tulip and cassidy make their way back to tulip's car via plane at night they pull to the side of the road and tulip finally reads jesse's letter tulip sheds tears and leaves the car to head into a nearby church Cassidy heads to a nearby house to mess with the man who lives there and eat his chickens. Meanwhile, Tulip trashes the church, attempting to catch God's attention. With no response from God, she lights Jesse's letter on fire and leaves it on the church floor, causing the whole church to burn. As she returns to her car, she tells Cassidy she knows how to get God's attention. Back at Masada... Incognito Featherstone brews coffee For Hoover II, Hitler, and Jesus And when she remarks that the lack of drink for the All Father, Hoover Two gets a little defensive Meanwhile back in the Outback Hairstar crawls after the dingo who ripped his genitals off he Gives up and turns over As someone, presumably God, walks up to him Uh, So Tulip and Cassidy We finally get the reading of the letter Yep I'm shocked that we still don't get to know What the letter said Yeah Do you get any indication of it? There was like a brief moment where she finishes the letter and Cassidy says, like tries to say something. He says, my dear, you think maybe it. And then she gets up and walks out. Mm -hmm. I, I have
1: no idea what it says and I don't know if we'll find out. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I kind of don't know if I want to find out. I kind of like. I like kind of how it stands right now. I love, I've loved the two letter reading scenes. I loved the one in the diner with Cassidy reading it. Yeah. I actually think I liked that one even more because watching her react to him reading. It was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad that at least that's over with now.
0: Well, the interesting thing to me is that like there was the kind of dream version of it that she has when she's in the hospital at the grail. Yeah. Uh, uh, which initially raised the question of, like, do you really think that's what the letter said? And clearly we find out that she hadn't read the letter, so there's no way that it is. And I think that's what she was afraid of. Yeah, exactly. And so we're kind of left in this, like... The other thing is we get a little more context when Jesse gets into the plane. He knows that she hasn't read the letter by the fact that she She's still angry. Is angry with That's him, true. Right. That's true, and he's he 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 know, and that that tells him to tell Cassidy. You need to have her read the letter, so it must be some sort of
1: apology, some grand romantic gesture that he yeah. knows will make her forgive him. And now it's too late. Yeah, it was kind of my read on the situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I I have a feeling they're probably gonna like. I think that because the letter said something
1: emotional too like that that made her sad and not angry is what's spurring the next course of action for her Hmm. is like she's pissed at god for killing jesse so that's true she wants to get revenge on god
0: yeah yeah that makes sense uh cassidy kind of screwing with the guy a little bit super creepy scene absolutely yeah really effective and i i think was it last episode when you said you feel like right now you've got the kind of the shit or get off the pot moment of whether Cassidy will be more comic book or not. Yeah. And now it feels like that's still. Still don't know. Yeah. So we're still <laughs> sitting on the pot. It'll be episode 10 of this season when I make my decision. <laughs> but I felt like this was creepy enough to make me kind of be like, why?
1: I don't know. Well, I think, see, again, it feels like we're at that moment where these characters were ready to. to turn the page and now they're backsliding into yeah. who they were before tulip is being pushed back into like extreme violence and cassidy is being pushed back into like drugs and like just using people and discarding them like they don't matter yeah and i think these characters with when they were reunited with jesse it felt like they kind of had the, the opportunity to move on and Jess cassidy was saying trying to do the right thing and tulip is has this heart to heart and little road trip with jesus and like they kind of have these moments of like let's let's try to do better and now the person the glue sort of mm. is gone and now i think that they're just kind of
0: backsliding interesting yeah into who
1: they were before yeah yeah yeah
0: it, it felt more like season one cassidy well and walking out of it i was kind of like it's still ambiguous of like did he kill the dude or not i have to imagine He probably did, but in the end... It feels
1: like he did. It feels like when he says to him, I came to eat your chickens, he's telling him like that was the intention, Uh, but now now there's a person here, and that seems better.
0: Hmm. Interesting. That's kind of
1: how I took it, and I was like, oh, (laughs) poor guy. He's like, like, I was
0: going to eat the chickens, but then someone actually answered the door, and you were home. Kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it was... I just felt bummed out this poor guy. Just yeah. living out here, his, his
0: wife is dead. Being super kind, inviting yeah. a stranger into his home. And give him some gas. Yeah. Yeah. Some petrol. Yeah, and then he wipes his his dirty boots with the Mrs. With, with <laughs> yeah. the Mrs. Uh, chair drapery. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it what, uh, yeah, is. You know, it's a towel or not. Chair drapery. Know. You guys registered
1: for chair Those drapery Good old, for old your Australian wedding. chair drapery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. We get a uh a nice corny Lazarus coffee scene of like kind of the what what kind uh, of Oh
1: dude, I let out a belly laugh when I saw Hoover <laughs> Two written on the cup. I like actually laughed
0: out loud. Yeah. I I laughed later on when Jesus was like, Thanks, Hoover Two. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like, for it's sure. like literally everybody just accepts the fact that he has a numeral in his name. Yeah, and, and he
1: doesn't even have his own name. He yeah. has someone else's name and he's just, <laughs> he an, just took the other it. one. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um bless you Hoover 2 is what he says cuz I took
0: a note I wrote it down I thought it was so <laughs> yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah, yep.
1: Hoover 2. Beautiful. Yeah. Poor went out for Hoover 2.
0: Yeah. We'll get to that. Oh, spoilers. Huh? Uh oh, shit. Yeah. Um Hair star. This is the one shot of Hair Star we get in this episode, which yeah. felt super weird to me. Oh man.
1: I didn't think they were gonna do what I think they're gonna do, and I'm um, but ex- they're gonna do I'm it. excited that it seems like they might do something that I didn't think they would do.
0: Based on Is this an episode of I didn't think they were gonna do what I thought they were gonna do, but they're gonna do what I didn't think they were gonna do? I think
1: it might be. <laughs> What's the theme for that? <laughs> yeah, do, I do, do do this shot of <laughs> boo Boo. anyway that's good I like that Um, yeah how much of a song can we use how much of fly like an eagle can we
0: use uh, without getting slapped Uh, theoretically 0% Mm. unless we sit here and and critique it for a moment I guess then it's fair use Uh, I said it was God that walked up to him but now I think it might be the saint you don't have to react to that I can't help it (laughs) I don't know what to do with my hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, the shot of the dog running was funny. I was like, "All yeah, right," that made me chuckle. Like the pix, the pixelated out, like dick, yeah, it was funny.
0: That also reminded me, we did get a uh, a a blanked f bomb out of Fiore. Uh, I think he says, "We're fucking glad you're here" or something to Jesse earlier on, which is the oh, AMC. Yeah. You get one f bomb a season that has nothing to do with fornication of any sort of way and 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 we'll bleep it out here and leave it on the dvd or whatever but uh but then the yes the the pixelated uh penis that was in the the dingo's mouth was pretty good yeah that uh yeah we'll see where that
1: uh, i mean man they're just this is episode seven right so we have three more yeah man if they're if they're going down this rabbit hole with star I don't know when the fuck when they're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> I mean I guess it's pretty they, no, whatever.
0: The really weird thing to me was that it was literally just this like Yeah, this is it. Ninety second sequence and that's all you get of him this this episode. Honestly
1: that's fine because they don't I feel like they're 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 just treading water with Star at this point. Mm. And honestly his like his function has kind of reached its apex. Mm-hmm. He's the All Father now. Like that doesn't really happen until a lot later yeah. in the book. So interesting. The, there's not a lot more. Speak. You know, same as like Eugene. Like I was joking that we were done with Eugene. I legit think we might never <laughs> see Eugene again. Yeah, I <laughs> until, think it's entirely... until maybe the finale, we see like there might his be like a montage fate. at yeah. the
0: end or something. Yeah, that's fine. That's entirely let's possible. Move on. Let's move on. Uh, the one other thing I did want to <coughs> say that the church that Tulip trashes is. is it, 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 it's been a while since I watched season one but it felt very similar in nature to the one that was in Anvil at least on the, the church yeah yeah on the oh, interior for sure. yeah yeah I agree and I wondered how intentional that might be at least but all right Act two on It's Morning America the news correspondent <laughs> talks about how he wants to talk about the real news the nuclear exchange between Australia and New Zealand. But the hosts brush, brush him off and head to a commercial break. That was so funny. It was very funny. I looked at some of the headlines on the scroll bar. Oh, yeah? It was good. There was something about how uh, there was another budget setback for the Tom Cruise Memorial or something like that. So they did, <laughs> they did bring it into the fourth <laughs> season, which is good. I'm glad they could touch on that every, every yeah. little bit. That was the funniest thing that I could remember. But unfortunately, I didn't pause and write them down this time. That's good. Uh, in heaven Jesse contemplates taking a seat at God's chair and as he touches it he gets a brief flash of what his rule would look like but ultimately he decides not to take the throne he believes it would be a sin and calls everyone in heaven traitors Tulip and Cassidy are back in the states Williamsburg and New York specifically they're there to see Danny who supposedly has something or someone that they want Danny tells Tulip that she knows what she wants uh, or that Tulip knows what Danny wants And in a diner in the middle of the day, Cassidy offers to do the deed for Tulip and gives her a pep talk about how they've tried to do it by the book, but now it's time to stop playing nice. Tulip stands up, shoots a man sitting behind her in the head, and walks out. Cassidy pays up and walks out as well.
1: He he saunters out of there.
0: Yeah. It's such a good walk.
1: Oh, it is. And it's like a Tarantino movie. Walk. I think
0: I watched that scene twice because I was like, uh, number one, I was like, does he have a reflection in a mirror? Because I don't know that we oh. ever tested that, but he does because there's a mirror and you can see. The dude behind the counter, kind of like baffled, looking at him as he pays and slowly saunters out. Yeah, which was was pretty good.
1: That would have been a cool detail, though. For yeah, not to have a reflection. Yeah,
0: I, I wasn't sure how they were gonna play it, but he maybe if does. he was on the
1: level of Icarus, he would he would not. True.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to you have to drink. Uh, you have to ascend to Yeah, turning into cat and you bat have to turn status at least it's like it's the next multi-level marketing uh thing of vampires you have to turn at least 20 people per month in order to retain your yeah anti anti mirror image to unlock no reflection <laughs> yeah no reflections mode <laughs> um <laughs> yes it's morning america it was very funny
1: yeah um, whatever i don't remember what news stories they're talking about covering but whatever they were they were pitch perfect
0: is your household cat hacking into your bank account? <laughs> we're going to sit down with an FBI agent who, with some interesting thoughts. <laughs> was that it? That was, a, the, that was the one. I thought there was with. another one. I thought they said, and also or something. Okay. I was uh, I, I they, there might, they, they might have tried to throw to a different story after things wrapped up. See, like because
1: it. this is where this blurs into reality. Because yes. my wife and I watch the Today Show every morning. And it's always on in the morning when we're getting ready. Mm-hmm. I like the Today Show. I like a lot of the personalities on it, but at the same time, probably like on a bad day, like 65 to 70% of what they talk about is this kind of shit. (laughs) And there are, there are so many instances where like they say up next and they like describe the next story and me, one, either myself or my wife, one of us will be like, who cares? (laughs) Like she (laughs) loves the day show, today show. And she will be the first one to be like, this is so dumb, especially if it involves pets. Yep. As much as she likes pets, she's remarkably like, who gives a shit about your pet? No one cares. It's so funny. She'll just get so riled <laughs> up, too. She's like, this isn't news. And I'm like, no, I agree. This is not news.
0: Well, speaking of this, if there's anybody out there like Tristan, who who obviously, I mean, the, there is a Today Show in Australia, and Carl Stefanovic, <coughs> who's on there, is very, a very funny guy. I've seen a lot of clips of him. Uh, I don't know. You've probably seen him, and you might not necessarily know him by name. Maybe. But there's always viral clips of him, because he's he's... He can be pretty sarcastically witted and also funny without being like an asshole about it. Okay. But I I was just kind of breaking in to kind of be like, if there's anybody out there who doubts what this type of morning show is like, oh I was listening to um Are You Talking R E M RE Me? And okay. there's an instance where Adam Scott talks about doing the press tour for Hot Tub Time Machine Two. And he talks about how when he went to do the Today show, they literally sat him in a hot tub. Yeah. On a stage with a fog machine <laughs> to like simulate being in a hot tub with the three Today Show hosts, and how it was just like the most surreal thing. And so I stopped and I went and looked it up to watch the clip. And there's clips of it on there, but it is it is a hundred percent this like ninety percent of these shows is fluff? Yeah, because you know most people who turn them on just want to be happy in the morning and not be dragged down by like. For sure. whatever political bullshit or whatever horrible things are happening in the world but it is kind of ridiculous how like but there's also that side of it that's kind of like alarmist and sensational and like you know the fact that you drink mountain dew is gonna murder you and like that type of thing <laughs> like you know yeah it i don't know the, yeah i think america
1: is probably especially guilty of this yes. kind of Morning entertainment.
0: There are clips of the Today Show online. You should you should look it up. And today, I feel like find. Today Show is actually one of
1: the better ones. Like, yeah, uh, Good Morning America is to me the pits. <laughs> it every time it comes on, and some people swear. You know, everyone has their different local news channel. Everyone has their different morning show. Whatever, that's fine. Everyone has their own cup of Joe, so to speak. But man, every time I accidentally watch Good Morning America, I'm like, <laughs> this is the this is the worst. <laughs> I think it's terrible and the yeah. production value is terrible and the conversations are bad the personalities are bad and it's funny because in Detroit we have like channel 2, 4, and 7 are like the three local mm-hmm. and they all are different degrees of quality and, yep. and it's amazing how yeah. I'm not going to say which ones are bad and which ones are good because <laughs> this pertains to the local market but <laughs> one of them is really bad and yeah. it's like Crazy, like yeah. I watch it. and I'm like, how, how, how? <laughs> how are you still doing? Right? This how after? has how has no executive producer been like, hey guys, we suck, and <laughs> you're all fired. <laughs> We're starting from scratch. Like it's terrible, but whatever. People people watch it. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was really funny. It was. That was a perfect funny. segment. It was and a it perfect. Scaring, hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. 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 I love the name too. It's morning. It's <laughs> Morning America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I wish that I kinda wish it was real. <laughs> I like wish that they would shoot a they would shoot a full joke episode of it yeah. and then just release it on like the bonus features
0: of the Blu ray or something. That would be wonderful.
1: Like uh what's the show? Pawnee Today? Yeah. Parks and rec. Yes. Oh my
0: god. So good. Or the word with purd. Yeah. Beautiful. Um so in Jesse's flash, when he touches the th- the throne of heaven, we do finally get to see some glowing red eyes as he sits on the throne. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that. But that was cool. I saw that and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yep, do more of that. They could have done that, yeah. but they
1: didn't. Could have done that all the time. <laughs> really, no big deal. You didn't get, get your post production intern
0: to do it. <laughs> yeah, learn a little bit of After Effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't really know if there was anything else particularly interesting in heaven in that segment, but uh, I was a little flabbergasted to be back in New York. I don't know if it was really New York or not. Tristan, right in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> Were you in any Williamsburg scenes? But Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. It also could have not been. They might have shot they it. Did, they did some establishing shots, which you could buy on like at Getty Images or whatever if you really wanted to, but like yeah. the...
1: They could have just had a small crew at the end of
0: the production or at the, the beginning of the production to just grab that stuff. Yeah. Um. Fun to see Danny back as as an earlier yeah. character from the show.
1: For a hot second, I was like, "Who's that?" And then I was like,
0: "Oh, yeah." And then it, it clicked. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and also it still kind of baffles me because she does know Hair Star according to right. like the premiere of the show or yeah. whatever episode that was. So we still haven't really explored that connection at all. But at this point, it seems like we probably won't. So how did Jesse get legit Humberdue to her?
1: When did that happen?
0: It seems like a very retconned decision of like, but it also works for me. Like we don't see it happen. But and granted, if we probably went back and watched the episodes in season three, we'd probably be like, yeah, there's not really any time for him to have done this or the logistics don't really work out. Yeah. Because the impression is he hits the button to release the clones and Humperdo's mixed in somewhere. Right. But. um That's fine. I mean, I, I just didn't remember. I was like, was there a scene of him walking Humperdoo to like a Greyhound bus or something? I don't recall that happening, but maybe it did. If anybody <laughs> remembers, let us know. Yeah. But I I don't think that happened. It it smelled to me of like something they were like, hey, what if? Yeah. The, the, just take our word for it. This happened. but it, and, and it works to me. Doesn't bother it also me. feels yeah. like something that Jesse could and would do. He could probably use the word somehow to figure out which Humberdew is the right Humberdew. Yeah, that's true. But uh, no, it, it was interesting. Did you did you kind of figure that that was who they were talking about in the scene or no? Did no, you? no, yeah. I
1: didn't. I thought they meant Star. I was like, why did, why would they want to get to Star? Yeah, because of that connection.
0: Yeah, and that would that <laughs> might have made more sense. But um, yeah, and then the diner scene. <laughs> more good ruth and joe
1: yeah really good there's a, a mcsorley's reference yes that yeah, talks hu-
0: about going to see the boys at mcsorley's oh man
1: that's one of my favorite pieces of cassidy's origin mm-hmm. and we'll, we won't see it I'm, i guarantee this is all that we'll get of it yeah but it's so beautiful in the comics it is just fantastic and whenever you do read it and you get to that i, I guarantee you're gonna text me and be like you're right this is amazing <laughs> mcsorley's is awesome yeah yeah that was no. a really cool reference did
0: he mention mcsorley's with like um oni madden and babe ruth or no i don't when he was think talking so to, yeah because I, I think it would have jumped out at i me. thought it, yeah i would think it would have too but Speaking of
1: Cassidy's origin, who is Seamus? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that
0: was a question that popped up in the Discord. I this think. is an
1: episode of who is Seamus. <laughs> we need to know who the hell Seamus is.
0: Who yeah. does he call? Uh-oh. Nick Nick just had a thought. I think a light bulb literally <laughs> went out <on> of <over laughs> my head. I'm going to leave it. Ah, I'm going to let right. it lie. Seamus could still come into play. Yes. All right. Good to know. Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was really over the top. I realized my eyes <laughs> got really wide and I went with my beer can and set it down, I'm like, hold on, I need to sit down. I already I'm already sitting down.
0: Um But yeah, that was a really sad moment of him kind of being like, Maybe I should go pop down to McSorley's and see the boys, and then he's like, Oh, but they were twenty then, so they'd probably be dead now. Yeah. But yep. you know, typical vampire fair.
1: Yeah. Poor
0: vampires. Um, Not really Yeah Yeah Act 3 Another great scene Between the two of them Absolutely Yeah and just Tulip's cold And calculated Assassination Still You know Very Tulip
1: Yeah this is where I made the note About her kind of Going back to Yeah spiraling down Into her old self
0: Yeah Alright, Act 3. Hitler shows Jesus that Humperdew is actually a clone and not the original Humperdoo that can dance. After killing the clone, Hitler starts buttering Jesus up to become the Messiah instead of Humperdew. Danny learns that Tulip actually assassinated her husband for once after 10 years of asking. Despite finally doing what Danny wanted, she still won't give Tulip what she wants, and Tulip starts beating Danny to try and get her to acquiesce. In heaven, Fior and Jesse talk about why God would bother putting Jesse in heaven after all the terrible things he's done. Fjord tries to play this down, but gets thwarted as Jesse realizes he's actually in hell with a projector in a cell. With Dr. Seuss. Little Dr. Seuss. Friend. Hell
1: in a cell? Yeah. When mankind through, <laughs> when he through mankind <laughs> off?
0: Hell in a cell? Um, yeah, so we get Jesus, Hitler's buttering Jesus up a little bit to, to be that Messiah, and... Uh, Hitler, the shrewd negotiator. I yeah, we're learning that. Well, it's very interesting. I start. I don't know if you've heard anything about the show Succession or not. I've heard it's really good. It is very good. Just constantly. Um, but obviously it's a show about succession at like a very high-powered Rupert Murdoch-like Fox Empire.
1: Is it the one with Brian Cox? Yes. And all the kids. Okay. Yes. Yep. 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 Yep.
0: Um, okay. and Sarah Snook of Predestination mm-hmm. fame. Right. Yes. A film that, that we reviewed. Immense fame. Yes. Um, God, that was a cool movie. It was a very cool movie. Um, but the idea in that show is that you can tell that everybody's playing their own game. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I've been thinking that like Star and Hitler and God are kind of all on the same page. And Jesus is the one that's out in the lurch. But I also think that because god thinks humperdue is important that maybe hitler's making his own play here too yeah i would not argue that hitler maybe has
1: his own agenda against i mean i'm sure that it's kind of like game of thrones in that regard maybe his interests overlap to an extent but Mm -hmm. he's ready to just pull the e-brake and go in his own direction whenever he's ready
0: well and that's like it seems like with you know with star and god and hitler being like the main players here and jesse i guess to some extent even though he's still kind of a pawn being pushed around it's like hitler is um it's like hitler's trying to create a power vacuum in heaven Hmm. in some case like if jesus and god aren't there like but does Jesus being the messiah mean that he lives on earth who really knows i don't we don't know how this armageddon or apocalypse is supposed to play out but i just think it's interesting that he seems to be that everybody. i didn't realize that they weren't cohesively working together until this kind of moment but maybe they still are who knows yeah we'll find out um i forgot that tulip was supposed to kill danny's husband uh as, like, a favor. I forget where that came up first, but I know they talked about it yeah, previously. Yeah, I don't remember that either. But that was pretty good. Um, I laughed really hard at Jesus Christ shouting Jesus Christ after yes.
1: f- fake Humperdude gets killed. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I don't know why this makes me laugh every time, but it's, it does. <laughs> it's really funny.
0: That was very good. That was very good. It, but it's good because, like, I feel like anybody else trying to, like, portray Jesus would be like, could take that opportunity to do the joke of like me or like what right. would Jesus say in that instance and what what would be funny in that instance? <laughs> but the funniest thing is that he just says his own name. Right? Yeah, that's very good. Here's explaining the humor podcast where we make <laughs> jokes, <very funny. laughs> where we make jokes unfunny by breaking down why they are the funny. precise reason why they're funny. Explaining comedy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cool to see the projectors come back in hell in the pl- into play. I was fooled for sure. I was. I, I thought was too. Yeah, oh I my. was too.
1: Because I mean, the whole system is so defunct in the books that I bought into it. I was like, sure, why not? Like, Fior's back there. Jesse's up there. They're trying to get him on their side.
0: And the interesting thing is, is that and what had me most excited after I watched this episode, which <laughs> is kind of faded now, I thought it was the show. Yep depending on where we go from here might almost convince me that the time we spent in hell with eugene was kind of worth it Uh, all right maybe you know (laughs) like we're still on the brink of it and i I fully acknowledge that we probably will not get there but it's almost like they i I would love that don't get me wrong yeah no i know i know but there's still a whole lot of time for them to show us that it wasn't worth it and not that much time though. we've only got three episodes yeah so, we'll see. We will.
1: Have we determined yet if the finale is longer than...
0: Not yet. I don't I don't think they've really said anything. Okay. So. No, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be two hours longer. It might be like 15 minutes longer. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. that make, can make a big difference. I'm sure it will be because the last couple ones have been, but we'll see. Man, the season three finale was so
1: awesome. This one, the bar is high.
0: Yeah. Obviously, because it's also the series finale. So Yeah. All right, act 4. Jesus learns that uh no, we already did act 4. <coughs> Sorry. Uh no, did we? Well, what's the first bit? Did I read through this whole thing? You got
1: past Jesus and Hitler, and then I think I may have interrupted you.
0: Uh is the Hoover 2 stuff in this act? No, that's the final one. So actually, okay. Meanwhile, Tulip, Cassidy, and Danny burst into a synagogue to retrieve oh. a person who turns out to be the one true Humperdue. Jesse sent Humperdue to Danny for safekeeping, and Humperdue charmed everyone he interacted with. Tulip and Cassidy take Humperdue by force, but when the congregation of the synagogue tries to keep Humperdue there, Humperdue settles everyone and willingly leaves with Tulip. Cassidy stays behind to deliver a monologue about how his neighbor's devout Catholicism got her nothing in her long and tragic life so they're planning to kill Humberdue and make God watch yes yeah Um a lot
1: going on here
0: yeah no once again like Humberdue still is a joke but I also kind of like I find very interesting about how they're just kind of like positioning Humberdue to be a good messiah because everybody actually does for some reason respect him like him yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's charmed people even though he doesn't have much to him, you know. But also, we get to see that there's more to him than we think there is. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's
1: maybe more that religious folk of any faith are susceptible, susceptible to this. But I'm sure if you are not of that faith and you look at it from the outside, you think this is ridiculous. And I think that's kind of what it's playing at. Mm. That, like, They're all, honestly, it reminded me of Return of the Jedi when C3PO starts flying around and all the Ewoks like freak the (laughs) fuck out. And because Luke is flying him around, because they make it look like Humperdue starts flying and he just has (laughs) stepped up onto a pew, (laughs) which I thought was really funny. Because the the way he stands up and is like, oh, like shout, (laughs) it looks like he's floating. (laughs) And I remember thinking, like, whoa, shit. And then there's the reverse shot of him just standing standing on it. And I was like, I started laughing. I was like, This is so good. <laughs> and they're of course all like, no, no, nobody move. And he just but he's just shouting nonsense. Like it's just it's total nonsense. And I feel like that's part of the point from Ennis and Dylan's point of view, as well as the showrunners, like, this is nonsense in their mind. Like this is ridiculous. And I mean, yeah, to your point about like everyone's charmed by himself, like yeah, he like tap dances. And then when he's done, he starts rubbing the cane on like his <laughs> his junk, yeah. and he's like enjoying it. And like that's pretty in line with the book. Like that's kind of what Humpdude is reduced to. Mm-hmm. They've tried to do with more with him in the show, but not really. Like yeah. they've made they've made him more important than he is in the book. But at the same time, in essence, he's still the same. The, like the,
0: it, the thing that like surprised me is the fact that he then. No, like he goes with, with them that he goes with them yeah the fact that it, like and i'm like some of it might be oh you know tulip's a pretty girl or something like that who knows what it actually or even is. just that he doesn't know them yet and they seem nice so yes. he's like okay
1: i'll go with them like he's he's a simpleton
0: but i feel like the humperdoo that we've been presented with previously has always kind of just been like he would have been distracted by something else before getting back to tulip in the first place right? that's true so i mean i
1: see what you're saying there he seems to be moving with more purpose and maybe he is just being directed by unseen parties but at the same time I, I think that they're it's more of like a they're setting it up to be another f- it's more of a criticism of, of yeah. the idea of following somebody so blindly and, th- and reinforced well, by and what cassidy says immediately after
0: that's the thing is that i think it could be both <clears throat> like uh, it's certainly like, maybe if he were presented to the world, he would still literally charm everybody. Or maybe yeah. he will just charm those who choose to believe, which is kind of the way religion works in, in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then also, I feel like there's part of me that's like, oh, this Humperdoo seems a little different. And then, like, the next episode, we're going to be like, guess what? This Humperdoo is not really any different. It's he- There's still room for them to complete a joke. The punchline hasn't hit yet
1: yeah right. and and maybe you're right maybe there is more at humperdue we just don't see it because we're in the same position as jesse and tulip and cassidy where yeah even like when tulip's in the car with jesus she's like humperdue yeah and she doesn't have the heart to tell him the way humperdue really is <laughs> yeah. but maybe there is more and we just don't see it yet yeah because we we're blind and we have not yet <laughs> been enlightened
0: yeah yeah maybe
1: yeah um
0: Joe Gilgan's monologue. Once Dude, again,
1: that guy. Give him, give him stuff. Give him awards. Give him everything. Give him every. Give him whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, that guy is ridiculously talented. The only thing I'd seen him in prior to this was Lockout. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was, don't even remember him from that. Right. We should, I I feel like we should watch it again. I mean, to, I I did. I remembered the him. Three seconds of Joe Gilgan. That's probably in the movie. No, but. he's
1: he's, a, he's one of the main antagonists. Okay, but. Uh, based on that movie i would not have thought this is like a powerhouse actor yeah this goes to show you man there's how many people are, are out there that just don't have the opportunities actually oh man who was it um shit somebody tweeted last night they were like i'm watching uh i can't believe i can remember this they said I'm watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1978 and uh, Donald Sutherland is lead in that mm. and they were like it bumps me out that like leading actors and actresses can't be uh, weird looking anymore. <laughs> and I was like yeah for sure. Yeah. Like uh, in in this day and age it's such a commodity now that uh, you know you have to have. I mean it's always kind of been a thing you got to have like handsome leading men and, and attractive leading women but it feels like there's so far fewer despite the fact that today probably Absolutely, more movies are getting made than have ever been made before just because the accessibility of technology yeah. and, and the, the wealth of knowledge being far more attainable. Um, it's no longer quite the like kind of club that it used to be in order to make movies. Like, I mean, look at like Tangerine. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just like shot on an iPhone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And so cool
0: that people can do that. But, But it feels like less of that platform where like, certain actors get blessed to have this but like our
1: our triple our a pole movies there's no like weird or offbeat or quirky people in those
0: lead roles it's got to be so like quadrant focused we need to hit all of these areas and make sure this person is pleasing to everybody yep, we gotta have
1: sex appeal out, yeah.
0: out the wazoo not that i mean i wouldn't fuck donald sutherland because <laughs> you know who would pass up that chance maybe in 78 <laughs> <laughs> But I thought the point was really interesting. and Not it's, that Donald Southern, Sutherland was, like, that bad-looking anyway. I mean, he's a yeah, weird-looking guy. Yeah, a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's no Rob Redford or anything like that. He's no Kiefer. He's no Joe Gilgan. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my point is that Joe no, Gilgan yeah. is an offbeat-looking guy, but he is so charming that it makes him more appealing. But, like, I look at him, I'm like, he's a handsome guy. And even, like, I mean, even our, like, character actors that play, like, villains and shit are like Ben Mendelsohn and Mads Mikkelsen are like super handsome dudes. Yeah. Even though they play these like sleazy kind of offbeat characters. and yeah. uh, Even like even in the rover I was like look at Guy Pierce he still looks great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. anyway I thought it was an interesting tweet and I I agree with it that we don't you know and you're not going to go to the theater and
0: see too many movies like that where. Well but the good news is the fact that Preacher is able to exist now gives Joe Gilgan something to put on a reel that for sure you know might get him something more but
1: yeah it's it's great that that i guess that's my larger point is that we're getting we're plucking these these people out that are that are auditioning and that are killer and we're like okay like give them the part like they they're amazing
0: i think the fact that this show exists for these actors to to show off what they're able to show you know ruth and joe oh yeah and and uh and dominic Dominic, you know everybody involved gets to kind of like stretch their legs and while like not everybody's watching this show it'll at least kind of gives them you know the ability to kind of be like look at what i did in this in this instance and and And
1: tv has really become that way now where actors can really sink their teeth into something and 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 explore Everything yeah. a character has to offer. Yeah. That was a, f- a funny line in uh, Armchair Expert when he was interviewing Danny McBride. Mm. He was talking about doing a TV show or getting, he got like the, he got a deal with HBO. Mm-hmm. He has like a four show deal or something. Yeah. And he was talking about TV and he's like, in the, uh, like the, uh, when he was signed or whatever, it must have been just before. I mean, it was like TV was on the rise for sure. I still attribute a lot of it to like Lost. Like 2004 mm. was like really, when we saw this explosion of of what, TV could do, and, and if people were willing to sink money like that into shows like that. Yeah, and I think, he was like, I think Breaking Bad, too, to some extent, yeah. is kind of like the... And he's like, but he was describing, he's like, this is before TV was cool. He's like, now TV is cool. Everyone wants to be in TV shows yeah. because it's cool. And, yeah, f- as an actor, you could uh, you could do so much more mm-hmm. if, if it to get to develop a character yeah and if it lives to to fruition where you can ha- spend all that time if your show gets canceled immediately after like six episodes and you're like well that's too bad you didn't even have time to do it but yeah it's even i mean joe gilligan was amazing from the first scene yeah but yeah he has really taken this character and this performance into some incredible places and i'm just like all for it because there, there's no i don't think there's anybody that exists that could have played this role better than him
0: yeah and it's just phenomenal to see that absolutely i agree i agree um i also think that that speech kind of gives a little bit of insight into like we you talk about people's true nature and things like that this idea that like cassidy presents this situation where this woman stayed true to herself or stayed true to god or whatever for her whole life and yet it it got her nothing you know the idea that you're going to put your faith into these things that in return might not necessarily get you anything Uh, you know certainly that's Cassidy's station on on this whole situation who knows if she died and went to heaven after that or if she would have died and gone to hell if she hadn't have you know lived such a tragic life or whatever it is but I think that's at least another like core tenet of what the show might come down to especially from the Ennis and, and Dylan perspective of like You know, as you said, the congregation in the first place is a bit of a portrayal of how ridiculous it is that we put our faith in the things that we see it one way. But from the other side, we see that Humperdue standing on a on a on a pew Mm. like you spend your life living to this code that eventually gets you nothing. I think I think it, it it seems like it could come into play a little more or at least might have been at the center of cassidy's character anyway and i think cassidy's
1: definition of nothing is probably different from what that woman thought true like she probably had no regrets about living her life that way it's not like you're you're going to be handed a a prize you know like on earth something tangible to be like hey great job you've been in this club for 80 years have this like that's not that's not why
0: Clearly her faith Got her through That tragic
1: exactly, life Exactly right? yeah I mean faith is obviously An incredibly complex thing And, and people are uh, It affects everybody differently And you adhere to it Or don't For different reasons That's just why It's one of like the You know No religion No politics Kind of thing Yeah that, Like yep. holidays Or parties And that kind of thing It's, it's just different For everybody yeah. And I think while it was a great monologue, it was well-written and very well-performed. I was like, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I really love what's happening. Yeah. But I don't really agree with most of what Preacher's got (laughs) going on, but it just does it so well that (laughs)
0: I love it. Yeah. All right. And Act 5. In Pensacola, Florida, a police chief receives a long-distance phone call. Turns out it's Hoover 2 who is actually Agent Nix. Nix has been working undercover to take down the grail, and he thinks he has everything he needs, but not before Featherstone takes him out and removes her disguise. Uh, Tulip, Cassidy, and Humperdew drive on the country roads, which is the final uh, scene that we get of them in the episode. Uh, Back in hell, Fior explains that the offer to take God's spot in heaven is very real, and that they'll get him out of hell if he accepts. Jesse's still reticent to accept the offer, so Fior shows Jesse what happened the fateful day that Genesis escaped. God left heaven as soon as Fior informed him and started his joyride around the U.S. and New Orleans. Jesse explains that God must have a more, more of a plan than his joyride, and Fior agrees. Fior believes that just like he tried the dinosaurs, he tried out humans. Now he's going to move on to a new creation, something to re- replace humanity. Jesse's eyes widen as he still considers taking God's throne. Um, I took the first part of this this act hook line and sinker i was like oh shit what is this like man are we gonna like somehow take down the grail like what is this really gonna be like i was on the line dude i 100 percent. this is my favorite scene it was so <laughs> awesome <laughs> and just yeah despite the, how tropey tropey it is that's of like why the, it was great <laughs> yes the chief yeah. being like oh man you're gonna be detected before 30 and then <laughs> yeah. the guy's like I don't want to make detective. I just want to do what's right. Yeah. And whatever he says, it's it's great. I loved it. I loved that the chief was eating a lunchable. <laughs> that detail for
1: some reason <laughs> killed me. Yeah. And I like phone call and he's like, I'm eating lunch. I've only got 27 <laughs> more minutes for lunch to call me. Then like it's agent. He's like, I thought you were dead. And he's like, no, sir. And then he has this line about like, it's, you mean it's more than just phony car tags? Mm. Like <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that's how the Grail started. Like that that's, was their. That's lead. what cued them in. Yeah, the they Grail work. was making f- fake license <laughs> plates, and like that—that that began this whole investigation, leading to global domination and Armageddon. Oh man. oh man, I loved it. I I'm actually bummed out that it's that Featherstone to close it, just because I would have liked to have seen a few more scenes like that. Yeah, I would like to have seen it escalate. If they let us into it a little and get earlier. to like the president and other <laughs> stuff, but. We know the president's in the bag for the grail, so that would have shut it down anyway. Mm-hmm. But either way, it was it was pitch perfect. Yeah. Sorry to see Hoover 2 go. Yes. Yeah. It was very, very entertaining.
0: <laughs> Good old Hoover 2.
1: Yep. Pour one out. Now who's going to oh, be Hoover 3? Yeah, two
0: Hoovers down. <laughs> Is this an episode of Two Hoovers Down? <laughs> uh. <laughs> what would the song be for Two Hoovers Down? I don't know. Two Princes? <laughs> <laughs> yes uh was there anything else in humperdue enjoying the joyride in the back of the in the back of tulip's car no just a quick little check-in with them (coughs) um i liked going back to the day that god left heaven oh yeah i loved him just jetpacking out of there yeah the holiday road uh montage yep always good always good to hear holiday road yeah it's uh this is the moment that really reminded
1: me of uh, um, uh, The Wanderer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is the part in the song where <laughs> it's like the spoken... I mean, it's all it's Johnny Cash. So it's pretty much all spoken word. But the yeah. part in the middle of the song where he's talking about walking around and to taste and touch and see, and mu- see as much as a man can yep. and all that, I, which comparing it to preacher has always reminded me of like okay this is coming from god's perspective and like it was running fresh through my head while he's walking around new orleans with all these babes and like his biker garb and his hair pulled back in a ponytail
0: he sees his gimp suit he's like i want that gimp suit yeah man i'm gonna wear that dog suit
1: (laughs) yeah it was great and it makes sense with what with the reveal that god is working on his phase three yeah
0: yeah no absolutely he just basically went on vacation he's like like, i'm gonna enjoy this i'm gonna i'm gonna see this world for what it is right now and then when i'm done it's time to destroy everything and start anew right
1: right and in like another show or another movie this would be the point where god goes out and he sees the world and he's like you know what this is all right (laughs) yeah maybe i'll give him another chance another another chance yep he's there's good there's goodness (laughs) down here on earth." But no, he sticks to his guns. He's like, yeah, I'm going to have a good time. And then I'm just taking two weeks to go on vacation. And then I'm out.
0: But, you know, what's funny to me is the idea of like Jesus was that first trial or not. not first trial. Excuse me. The Old Testament is filled with trials for man. Oh, yeah. Whether or not they pass or fail it. But like Jesus was like the big trial of like how did humans treat God's son as he was there? And that wasn't enough for him to, like, end creation, but the fact that Genesis gets out there is the thing that's like, all right, we're screwed. We gotta wipe it all. It is interesting because, yeah, it's...
1: In the book, it's more the existence of Genesis. Yeah. Is what makes him say, you know what? If I can't even... If, my, if the angels won't even, like, adhere to the rules I have...
0: Then screw it. Screw it all. Yeah.
1: And he doesn't want to destroy it or undo it. He just wants to peace be out done with and it. be left he's, alone. He's abandoning his post. Exactly. He's not trying again with the third phase. He's Exactly. But I think this is, a, as much as I love the book, this is one of the few changes that I'm going to say. I think this is a really interesting direction. Well, that's the and thing. And really, I'm really curious to see how it's going to play out.
0: I think even offering Jesse the position of God I think is a very interesting... We've been talking about how him deciding when to use the word and things like that are him trying to apply some type of universal law and like being able to distinguish when people deserve the help or deserve the punishment or whatever it is very much like God would supposedly do as he's listening to his tape recorder of people's prayers and dismissing them. You know, that was funny. Yeah, that was very funny. I
1: love the prop of just like, yeah, real, real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But the, like, I think, I think there's a lot of meat here, and it seems to me very clearly that we are heading in a very different direction. Yeah. Um, I kind of like it. I don't know whether or not we will wrap back around, but with how different this adaptation has been from the get-go, I think it's kind of... like I'm glad to hear you say that, because this at least kind of means that like even though we haven't reached the pinnacle of what a Preacher adaptation could be, it's still could be an interesting permutation on the story right yeah i i'm genuinely interested in where it's going i didn't expect to get it to a point with the show where you and i might be on equal footing (laughs) you know right like like to to the point where like you know what happens here i feel like we're gonna know by episode nine whether or not you're aware of what's happening right you know i would agree so we shall see no i thought it was a good episode I liked it. Um, Despite being unexpected and and not exactly as people heard my prediction last time. The one thing I will say that's also weird to me. I don't know why Jesse dying keeps Genesis with him in hell. Yes, that is a uh, my last two lingering questions have to do with
1: Genesis. Both that and what about Genesis escaping is what prompts God to say he's out like what about why why is Genesis leaving the the trigger yeah
0: yeah that's like, what i want to know and and yeah so does god know something more about the nature of genesis and what it what it could ultimately mean for him yeah right? maybe and i again
1: i don't think it was god's plan i i don't think god is aware of the deal to let jesse into heaven I think God nuked him so he would go to hell and be contained. So maybe this is a Hitler play. I think this is these are forces
0: acting outside of God. Maybe it is a Hitler play. What if so I guess if Hitler wants Jesse in heaven and Jesus as the Messiah. The thing is I don't think you can be appointed to God. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Call me crazy but say in hitler's mind the idea is that jesse gets into heaven and somehow god gets killed or is basically jesse has the word right the word of god as it essentially is acting but that doesn't give him all the other abilities that god has so i i feel like even if god is removed from the picture It's not like the Santa Claus where someone's going to get to just be (laughs) the new God. You put on the
0: man-dog gimp suit. Yeah,
1: you sit on the throne and suddenly you have all the powers of God. I I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not how it works. I think God is the only God. He is the only person. He's the only entity like him. That can create and can be all knowing and, and and move around at
0: will. And- well, and to me, what you're saying now presents a very good case of like, this is torture. This is still very much torture. Like, God says says to says to Star, "We're gonna carve a vagina into his into his soul," I believe at one point. After Star is like, "We're gonna carve a vagina on his head," and then God says, "No, we're gonna carve a vagina on his soul." I feel like this torture is pushing Jesse to say you know what I think I can do it I can do the job of God and then is episode 8 when God appears and says what the hell are you thinking you think you can be me and like maybe Jesse sits on that throne next episode tries being God everything goes wrong in the same way that him using the word Hmm. commonly went wrong in this season and then by the end of it He's like, I can't do this. And then God shows up and is like, see, it's harder than I thought it would be. Leave me alone. Maybe. You guys are done. (laughs) Or whatever he's going to say. So who knows? I just think if
1: Hitler's end game is to get rid of God somehow, he knows that because there won't be another God, there's, there's nobody that will be that effective at stopping him from basically hell taking over. Yeah. Because, I mean, in the same way that Somebody can't be God I don't think that Hitler can be the Hitler's devil Hitler's truly the devil Yeah He can't He's not supernatural In yeah. that regard But I don't know We're getting into well, He can uh, walk, we're walk the earth again
0: Yeah I don't know they're, they're, They've always been very fuzzy About what it means To be these Because it is Like how do you define The superpowers of God Right Like what <laughs> We've been spending This season wondering Like can God Directly affect things Or not Like what power does he really even hold over his creation how we we wonder if he's omniscient but is he really omniscient like we don't know these things yeah i was about to talk about it chapter two but (laughs) i'll try not to spoil anything for anybody also it's also a question in that in that movie as well basically what what powers pennywise has too but Listen to horror movie yearbook at some point. I think they're going to talk about it chapter two. Not this week, but uh, in two weeks from now, <coughs> they have a, a Friday the Thirteenth adjacent bracket that they're doing. Ah, good. Uh, so, so check that out this week. But I think that's it. Are we did? Are we good for this week? Uh, we get the shot of God sewing. Yes, sewing something, some type of tentacle, feathery thing. Yeah, which. We, I have to assume the animals in the cages were a part of what he's making what he's, to, what he's creating to replace us
1: yeah is he making the monster from Watchmen <laughs> <laughs> are we finally gonna get to see it <laughs> in full form who knows yeah that I think is really interesting I feel like that's gonna be played for a big giant
0: joke yeah based on <laughs> this is my creation yeah
1: the limb that we saw yeah whatever yeah we'll see yep. only three yep. more to go three more to go it's weird that the end of this show is in sight I agree I never think about any of these podcasts really ending <laughs> 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 they seem like they're gonna go on forever
0: well that was the interesting thing about the alienist and then it turned out to it, was be to be one done, it was supposed to be a one and done yeah and
1: then sure enough it's season, season like, two well, All
0: right. it's gonna be great when they're like we're doing a season three of all new material <laughs> seriously <laughs> and then
1: we'll be on equal footing there too <laughs>
0: All right. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on g2tpodcast.com. We're also on TV Time, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're 2 Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us at g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has other shows about video games, horror movies, FX's The Alienist, and HBO's Westworld. Find out more about these shows as well as how to support the network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is the song All In by the Red Thread and it is being used under a non-commercial Creative Commons license. That's all for this episode of Gone to Texas. We can't wait to see what next week's episode of Preacher brings, but until then, go forth and speak the good word.